exciting. And that's where we are this week. We're reading John chapter 3 tomorrow. God so loved the world. John 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. So I ask if they would sing that to open it up today. But that's not the title. The title today of the message is Are We Going to Go with the Law of Mercy or the Law of Moses? are awesome. The song that we just sang, if you're not familiar with it, is by We the Kingdom. You should download it. You should download it now. You should do two things right now. Download the Church Center app and you should download this song, We the Kingdom, God So Loved. You should play it every day, first thing, several times before anything else happens this week. He saved us, freed us, he redeemed us. I want to draw your attention to John chapter 7, verse 24. I'm going to actually read it out of the Passion Translation. I have three Bibles up here on the pulpit this morning. Here's what it says, 7:24. Stop judging based on the superficial. First, you must embrace the standards of mercy and truth. Stop judging based on the superficial. We know that there was a record that said, man looks on the outward appearance, but can you finish it for me? God looks on the heart. I don't know how many times that has to be said, but apparently it needs to be said because I'm saying it again today. We probably all need to hear it. Stop. Judging based on the superficial, first, you must embrace the standards of mercy and truth. There is something to be said for the superficial. There is something to be said for the outside of a person. The scripture also tells us that you judge a tree by its fruit. That's outside. It's not to be dismissed. It's just not first. It's not to be dismissed. You know a tree by its fruit. The behavioral thing that I do, the little adage and mantra that I've given myself through the years, is you judge action, not motive. You judge action, not motive. You judge someone's motive, that just ticks them off. You don't know any way and you're probably wrong. You might be mostly right, but if you're some wrong, you got a fight on your hands. And a legitimate fight. Judge action, not motive. I would hear you say something, or you would hear me say something, and you should come up to me and say, hey, I heard you say that to Melinda, or I heard you say that to Brian, or whatever. Can you tell me what's going on there? That's action. Not knowing my heart. Judge action, not motive. Will keep you helpful and keep you out of trouble. The superficial matters, but it's not first. What it says is, first you must tolerate, is that what it says? Provide space for? No. It says, embrace. Embrace. You know what an embrace is? 
Men don't usually embrace. We can hug around here, but it's not an embrace. It's three pats and out. <laughs> right? We know. But have you gone in for a three pats and out and somebody embraced you? You know you got embraced. They're hanging on in there. Embrace the standards of mercy and truth. I'm going to read the editorial from this verse in the Passion Translation. Here's what it says. Jesus was teaching that the law of mercy, healing the lame man, which is what Teresa kicked us off with this morning. Jesus was teaching that the law of mercy overrides the law of Moses, the regulations of the Sabbath. Seeing situations and people with the lens of mercy gives us accurate discernment. So this man was healed on the Sabbath, and we're going to talk about that. And they were so bent out of shape. And Jesus had to make these statements. He had to say, you don't serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath serves you. But we have this inclination as human beings, we who draw breath, that those things begin to serve not us, but we serve them. The rules, the policies, all of those things. Jesus was the quintessential rule breaker. And yet, he set most of the rules. He set the dietary rules. It was Jehovah that said lobsters off the books. And it was Jehovah that said, if I say it's clean, it's clean. That tension is the tension, hear me, the tension of the New Testament church. That tension is the tension of covenant people, new covenant people. That tension where I know you said this, but then you just said that. It's not that the externals don't matter. They're just not first. Now, when we look at this, I want to go to John chapter 5. Exactly uh, the context of what was done before. John chapter 5, verse 1. Shifting to my other Bible. Now we're reading in the NIV. <laughs> Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Now the question that is about to be asked to this gentleman is going to be asked to you at the same time. You ready? When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Now, the, the quick reply to me today could be, hey, Captain Obvious, I'm sitting here. We'll talk about that later, Daniel. He's one of the, one of the un, less known Marvel characters. You could say, hey, I'm sitting here, except I'm not a new pastor. I've been pastoring for 30 years. So I know that lots of people sit here. And Jesus says all the time, you want to get well? And they just sometimes don't even answer him. Anything short of a yes is a no. 
And it can be a yes. So interesting. I was telling folks today, I mentioned it on first Wednesday. We're talking about it today in the back room. Something I've been thinking about a lot lately with respect to Jesus and prayer. And I'm thinking about the people that stopped Jesus in his path and brought him over to do a miracle. And as I begin to read through, and we've been reading through the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're reading through these Gospels. What I'm taken with and what I'm seeing is that Jesus appeared to be going one direction. And then somebody would give him a whistle and call him over to do a miracle that it didn't seem like he was going to do. That's getting in me. Because I'm thinking if I'm Jesus, I'm starting right here. You got anything, bro? How about you? Oh, you don't have to tell me. I know it already. Boom, 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 boom. I'm walking down the whole deal. No, that's not how it works. I don't even know that's not why how I don't even know, but that's apparently not how it works. People would stop Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they're like, man, you need to be quiet. Oh, yeah, watch this. Jesus, son of, you know, even the louder they shouted. Right? We know those stories. They arrested his attention. They drew him in. This is not that. This is an amazing one-off where the guy has been there for 38 years. Who has been here for 38 years that finds yourself this morning in that same spot? You've been dealing with that same thing. It's been 38 years. What you're feeling is what he was feeling. They overwhelm space, that place of, you know what, you just learn to, you just learn to live with it. Ready? You don't have to learn to live with it. Thank you for being tough. Thank you for having grit. Thank you for being brave, but you don't have to live like that. He goes to this man he says, hey, buddy, <laughs> showed up. We're going to watch a video in a minute where he went to a woman. He showed up. In the chosen narrative, he asked that guy several times, and man, is that human, the way the guy responds. He said, hey, you want to be well? Well, I'll tell you, you know, nobody ever takes me over there, man. He goes, yeah, that's not what I'm asking you. Did, do you want to be well? I just keep sitting here, and it's just so frustrating and all that. Anybody feeling that? Yeah. He's like, yeah, 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 you're not listening to me. I might have had that conversation with one of the children in my home this week. I was like, you're not listening to my questions. Like, I'm, I'm asking you questions and you're saying things that aren't answers to the things I'm asking you. Like, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? said, sir, and interesting that he's called in the NIV the invalid, the one that couldn't do anything for himself anymore. Jesus is perfectly okay with coming to those of us that feel like we can't do anything anymore. That's not a deal breaker for him. In fact, that's the place he's going to show up. Please hear me. Hear the word of the Lord. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred. I'm trying to get in and somebody else goes in ahead of me. And Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk in at once. I'd love for somebody. I'd love for a handful. 
I'd love for an armful. I'd love for a bus full of people to get an at once moment today. And at once, and at once, woo! I mean, like you were this way, and all of a sudden, you said yes to his offer. Do you want to be well? And at once. I'm feeling that. That's how that works. 38 years of that mess. Come on, let faith rise up in you. At once. Just like that. At once. The man was cured. He picked up his mat. He walked the day on which... This took place was a Sabbath. (laughs) Almost an excellent story. And Jesus picked the wrong day. Like it was so close to being perfect. I want to take you to John 7, 24. John 7, 24 tells us what we read earlier. Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. Judge correctly. That's the verse that follows the exposition that Jesus gives them when all the religious leaders came up and said, Hey man, you can't do that. And he expounds about not serving the Sabbath, but the Sabbath serving us. And he says, here's the problem. We're, we're judging on appearances, and we're not judging correctly. We're not looking and understanding at what's really going on in the Spirit. I have a story like that. Golf shirt, golf shorts, my foot up on the bumper of my really cool Jeep with the Anheuser-Busch thing on the stick shift. That guy. Someone quoting the scripture to me. And they're trying to witness to me. And I'm holding a bottle of beer. And I'm listening. And I'm not sure what they thought I was based on my stick shift and my Jeep and my aura and the beer. and I don't know. But I'll tell you something they didn't know. I guarantee you this. When they were testifying to me, and witnessing to me in college, and quoting the scripture to me, at one point I listened and I'm like, you misquoted that one, man. (laughs) True story. True story. I'm like, you you misquoted that. I didn't want to correct them and go, actually, King James says, now the NIV would also actually do it this way, and then the, the message. You ready for this? I don't mean this arrogantly. I mean it, I mean it honestly. They did not know who they were dealing with. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean that in a way they looked at me and thought I didn't have a clue about what God was doing. I've had it happen religiously in this city. I wore a jacket one time and I had a black mock turtleneck. I guess I look like a priest. I'm not sure. I don't know. But whatever. I got treated like one because I met some people at a public venue in town. And this man with significant, overtly Pentecostal roots overtly Pentecostal, came up to me and started talking to me about the Holy Ghost, Brian. Started talking to me about outpouring and started talking to me about manifestation of miracles and power and all the things that were available to me today. And just started chatting me up. I thought, this guy thinks I'm Tim Keller. <laughs> Presbyterian or something. I don't know what he thinks. I, but I'm, and I'm thinking, 
Do I have a sign on? Do I have a collar? What's the story? I'm listening to this fella schooling me on the power of the Spirit. I'm like, brother, I was walking in the Spirit when I was seven years old. I've talked in tongues more time this week than you have, I bet. And I've seen more miracles while I've been present in the room. If you want to have that conversation, I got a little edgy. I got misread. We need to stop that. We just need to stop. Follow the flow of the Holy Ghost. Follow the Spirit. What is God doing deeply? It shouldn't surprise us. We have His presence. We have His Spirit and we can tune into that here or we can do it here. That man went out of the Jeep and the beer and all that. He had no idea I was literally weeks away from conversion. Literally weeks away from conversion. Literally weeks away from an at-once moment. I'm not even sure I knew that. God is working in people. In this room, in this community, let our God, in the name of Jesus, let our spiritual eyes be open to see and believe and walk and just be vessels. Vessels to connect and not misjudge it. So John 3.16. Let's turn there. We probably don't have to, right? We could quote that one. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Possibly the most well-known verse in the entire Bible, John 3.16. Possibly the least known verse in the entire Bible, John 3, 17. Let's look at that one, right? John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Those go together. Power of hell forever defeated. It is well I'm walking in freedom. Salvation and freedom aren't the same. But they're both available. They're going to dim the lights. And they're going to play a couple of my favorite, all-time favorite clips. Several months ago, it might have been even a year or more ago, we played this clip in here. This is the John 3.16 idea about salvation. Now, it actually comes out of John chapter 4 which you'll read on Tuesday, so I thought it appropriate. How about dimming the lights so everybody can see it okay? And then you can play this. Thank you.
give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Wood. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit, and the time is coming and is now here that it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done.
Do you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes, it explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you. And it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. You promise? I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> You've come to the wrong person, she says. Nope. Nope. I love that. Do you think it's an accident that I'm here today? I am rejected by others. My absolute favorite line is his reply. Sometimes I just walk around and say it to myself. I just say the reply to myself, walking around places. I know. I know. But not to the Messiah. Not to the Messiah. Not rejected. He doesn't read it the wrong way. He never reads it the wrong way. We read it the wrong way. We look at the wrong stuff. We measure the wrong things. He never reads it the wrong way. 
He's where we need Him to be. That's become my favorite. Here's my second favorite. This is much shorter. This is a clip from a Jesus movie 20 years ago. And the movie opens with Mary Magdalene getting up out of the bed. It's, it's an, immediately in our movie. Getting up out of the bed and you see her walking, the backside of her walking away. She takes money and throws it. I understand this is Family Sunday, so that's why I'm saying these things, right? Money and throws it back. And that's the opening scene. You're going to see the story in John chapter 8 that you know. These are all John. That you know, and then they take a little bit of license, which I think is amazing. Go ahead, play this real quickly. Buried in a field. And when you find this treasure... This woman, caught in the very act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commands us to stone such women. What do you say, teacher? They're beating him. It's a trap. I was told you preach according to the law of Moses. Do you have an answer, Nazarene? Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to cast their stone. sin again. I want to see the temple. I'll tell you more tomorrow. That's Mary Magdalene. Do you want to come with us? Where? Does it matter? Yes. I go where I want. I'm free. 
You're not free. But you could be. You should come with us. You treated her like... Like she was worth something. She is. So are you. She is. So are you. Arnett, come up, man. And your team, come on up. She is. And so are you. That's extra biblical. But I love it. <laughs> I love it. She's standing there watching. And he invites her. Just as he invited the man that had been an invalid for 38 years. Do you want to be well? Do you want to come with us? Do you want to come with us? <laughs> Where are you going? And he replies, Does it matter? When you're with Jesus, it doesn't matter. The whole game is being with him. That's the win. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek. Not from him, not seek from him, that seek him. The reward he gives us is himself. You want to come with us? Where are you going? Does it matter? Yeah, I go where I want. I'm free. And then, come on, you know I love this next line. Just as matter of fact as anything. No, you're not. But you can be. No, you're not. But you could be. You don't have to live like that. You can lay aside the sin and the weight. You can lay aside both of them. You can lay them aside today. Conversions can happen today. He's asking, do you want to be well? Salvation and freedom aren't the same. Do you want to be saved? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him. You believe in who he is? I believe in who he is. Will not perish. But have everlasting life. And then we're going to add 17 because that's the next banner. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Condemnation is shame. Shame is the opposite of innocence. It is the opposite of freedom. It's the weight that we don't have to live under. And I invite you into that space today, right now. Don't make 38 years, 39 years. He's calling right now. And you just simply... Say yes to who he is for salvation. And you say yes to letting him love you for freedom. You let him love you. That embrace. You don't stiffen up. You relax in it. You know that he knows all your junk. Do you think he came here today on accident? Correct. God so loved the world. Will it be the law of mercy or the law of Moses? Which one are you going to live under today? You have a choice. You have a choice this morning. 
You have a choice every minute of every day of your life. Will we live under the law of mercy? Or will we live under the law of Moses? Because the law of Moses is over. There is a new promise, a new testament, a new covenant. And it's here right now. When we sing this song together, I invite you to be well. I invite you to be better, to let yourself be healed, to let yourself be free. Frankly, to not be so inhibited in your love for the master. Not be inhibited, not worried or looking around, just the woman was like, you saw her face change. Too good to be true to, oh my goodness, this is, you're the one. Let me just throw one last thing in there. She was the first person that he ever gave the revelation of indwelling water to. She was the first. Let that encourage every person in here. I'd love to get a quick show of hands of all people that think your past and your present disqualifies you for what I'm talking about right now. That would be helpful. If we could all have a show of hands of who thinks, not me, I need to get better. This woman, five, one, broken, shattered, shame. Jesus says, I wonder who should be the first person that I tell I'm Messiah. You see, he had a chance with Nicodemus in chapter 3, the teacher of the law. That wasn't the one. The next chapter, he finds the woman broken, shame-filled, isolated, and alone. And he says, this is the one. Let him give that message to you today. You ready to sing this? Sing it. Oh, God.